Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Whatever you do, Gronk, do not spike that child. Gronkowski spikes it. Fire the cannons. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. How does Dak look, Zeke Elliott? Dak looks good. He's looking as good as he's ever looked. Deep ball down the right side. He's got Cooper. Today's guests, host of the Dan Patrick Show, Dan Patrick, Raiders General Manager Mike Mayock, Ravens tight end Mark Andrews, Plus, co-host of CBS's The Talk, Jerry O'Connell. And now, it's Rich Yes, Eisen. hello everybody. We are one game into the National Football League 21 season, 2021 season. I am Rich Eisen. Uh, fresh off my two-a-day yesterday. Good to see you over there, Chris Brockman. How are you, sir? Hey, man. What's happening? Mr. Feller is in for Mike Del Tufo. How are you today, I'm Jay? Good. You're good? Up, good to see you. And hello, TJ Jefferson. Good to see you over there in the... In the corner. Hey, Rich. In the usual Grand Maester spot. Uh, I surprisingly feel good today. You should. You should. <laughs> you really should. Uh, we're one game in, and and my gosh, if the rest of the games could even hold a slight candle <laughs> to what we saw last night. I knew it was the right decision by the NFL yep. to serve up this piece of filet mignon right away as opposed to hang on to it, and there were other matchups that would have been compelling, but nothing beats the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott in his first game back after suffering that suffering that horrific leg injury last year and nothing beats watching them give a monster scare and a big time game to the defending world champs in the building there they won the game last year to win it all and a 31-29 final score the bucks beating the cowboys on a game winning field goal with hardly any time left tom brady needing uh, to drive the field to set up Ryan suck up for a field goal, having only 84 seconds and one timeout to do it. We've seen that movie many times before, and it played out again on the Dallas Cowboys, who somehow, someway, got four turnovers, took the ball away four times. Some of them were self-inflicted by Tampa. Others were uh, nice plays by their defense to, to knock the ball loose, like, say, on uh, Chris Godwin going into the end zone last night. Mm. And so um, they had their opportunities uh, Greg Zerline uh, missed a field goal and an extra point that definitely came back to haunt them. But you got to play better sometimes than your kicker kicks. And um, I, eventually, this game came down to the story of two quarterbacks and one grown ass man. Hmm. Let's start with the quarterbacks. I ended the show yesterday by saying we need to sit back and take in what we're seeing. 
and not take it for granted because we've seen it over and over and over and over again without a single ounce of a diminished return from Thomas Edward Brady. Right? Yep. Yep. And take it in, folks, because last night we saw a 44-year-old quarterback start his seventh career Super Bowl title defense season. Trying to end the longest drought in the history of the NFL without a repeat champion. It hasn't happened since the 03-04 Patriots did it with Tom Brady. Again, we launched our new network studios last night at NFL Network, and the way that we christened the studio, the way that we started our first shot in the new studio where the network will broadcast from forevermore, where we matched up my open from the old studio on the first day of the history of the NFL Network, of me coming out from behind the the studio walls and welcome everyone to their the new home of the NFL on television. And the it ended by saying, well, there's lots to get to on our launch rundown. Let's get to it. And then we smash cut that to yesterday. I came around the wall of the new studio <laughs> and said, just continue the sentence. And our top story tonight, once again, and still is Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> And the first day we came on the air in NFL Networks, week 11, 2003, he was a mere one-time Super Bowl champion about to start his back-to-back run. And here we are launching the network's new studios in 2021, and he's still there. And it's not even an ounce of a concern of, well, let's take a look at him and see what he's going to look like. That's in the back of our minds, I guess, for a split second. But how silly and stupid to all the people who said, well, yeah, the Chiefs moved him on to Cincinnati. Yeah, that was the end of him. The guy last night made every possible throw you need. The run game was not there. And he made every possible throw you need. A third down throw that he hit Chris Godwin in the hands on in the fourth quarter and it bounced off of Godwin's hands. It it was one of the most beautiful balls. It was about a 30, 40-yard attempt and it would have set them up inside the 10 and potentially made it less of a game. What a throw that was with people all around him. His audible to Gronk and a cover zero where Gronk scored one with hardly anybody on with Demarcus Lawrence. Tank Lawrence was on him. Mm -hmm. Okay. Tom Brady's like, okay, they're playing cover zero and let's see if Gronk can fake on Tank that he needs to be blocked by Gronk, which I'm sure Tank Lawrence is like, this is good eats. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, oh, because look who's behind him going for a touchdown that Brady's throwing him wide open. Gronk. Neck up, Brady's as great as ever. And the arm. You could say his most impressive throw last night, not the back shoulder one to Godwin that got so many Cowboys fans up in arms because it was, you know, a possible OPI. There was a lot of jostling, but Godwin definitely did extend. Put a pin in that in a second. We'll we'll remove it. His most impressive throw to me was the Hail Mary at the end of the first yeah. half. Yeah. yeah. 
He's 44 years old, and it looked like a Rogers Hail Mary, a perfect parabola, up in the air and comes straight down the chimney Gronk was in right the there. back of the end zone. right there. Remember Phillip Rivers last year in his last game where the Colts needed a Hail Mary? And you're like, this ain't happening. Yeah, right. And Brady's got five-plus years on mm-hmm. Rivers. He's making every throw. Not an ounce of a hint in the area code of a diminished return out of this 44-year-old man. 379 yards, four touchdowns, and two picks. And the picks, you could make the case, weren't on him. Incredible. Good luck, rest of the league. Good luck. Evans didn't even play. Evans, Evans didn't even really have much of a, a night either. As my fantasy team will attest. He looked yes. like he was a little banged up. But A.B. showed up. He sure did. And Gronk with two touchdowns. Now the other quarterback. Dak Prescott was phenomenal. And you could make the case that's the best game he's ever played. Sure. He's thrown for more yards. As a matter of fact... His last four full games, he's thrown 450 yards, 472 yards, 502 yards, and then last night, 403 yards. He is playing phenomenal football. This one, however, was not only in the house of the defending champs. In ordinary circumstances, when they're raising the banner, your opponent is, and you're the team that's in the house that night, kind of a tough assignment. On top of it, you're coming back from your leg being smashed into pieces, carted off last year. And on top of all of it, you get the largest piece of pie that Jerry Jones has ever given out to anybody. $40 million a year on average to Dakota Prescott coming off of his leg being smashed into pieces. And how many people are like, he doesn't deserve it. What's he done? He hasn't done anything. Yeah, he got him the playoffs once. Okay. Who is he? He's Dakota friggin' Prescott is what he is. What a performance last night. Because Zeke was being shut down. And you could see the Cowboys basically gave up on handing it off to him. And it's like, okay, Dak, you go. Because, yes, the Tampa defense weakness is on the back end. And boy, did they exploit it. And Amari Cooper, a buck 39, CeeDee Lamb, 104 yards, two touchdowns for Coop, a touchdown for Lamb, who looks terrific. But Dak was making all the throws, too. Took a couple bad sacks. Every quarterback does that. But for any Dallas Cowboy fan that was wondering two things. One, is he hurt? in a way that he won't come back the way that he was. Well, get rid of that doubt. And is he worth every penny Jerry Jones is paying him? (laughs) Okay. Oh, yes. That was an elite quarterback that showed up in Tampa, Florida, last night in a game where it was all on his shoulders, and he's back after putting his leg back together. And he has the pressure of that that monster contract being thrown on him or given to him. But thrown on him is a way that, that you could say it because it is a weighty responsibility. 
How many star athletes have been given that amount of money in a position that's the toughest to play, not only in their sport, but maybe all team sports, and for a team where that's the weightiest position, period, because of who's come before him and what's expected of him now. Dallas Cowboys starting quarterback. Dak Prescott was phenomenal last night. And Cowboys fans, yeah, you know, there were some play calls where it's just like, go for it. And yeah, the kicker missed this, and the kicker missed that. And the defense was susceptible. I mean, they did get their takeaways, but you got to put the points on the board and turn it around. And, you know, is the pass rush going to be there? There's some question marks. But it looked a heck of a lot better last night than it did in the four games they had with Dak. And Dak was terrific. He answered every question. It was awesome to see for somebody that's worthy of you rooting for him. Incredible. You got to feel good, TJ. Yeah. Check the boxes. Can he play under pressure? Can he play under pressure with this contract? Can he come back and look the way that he can or did? Yes, yes, and yes. Against Tampa. Playing playing the way that they did last night. Brady playing the way that he did last night. And there is much that has been made about Zeke's touches. There were just uh, 13 of them. To me, that's at least 7 to 10 shy of what's necessary. You know, the Cowboys should go to sleep the night before a game saying, you know, or or writing a note in their pocket like Kevin Costner had in draft day and take it out. Mm -hmm. 20 touches for Zeke. No matter what. No matter what. The problem is, is last night they ran into a grown ass man. (laughs) Bro. And I'm not talking about Levante David, who is one. Yeah. Or Devin White, who is one. Or Jason Pierre-Paul, who is one. There's a lot of them. Or Ndamukong Sue, who is one. <laughs> I'm referring to Vita Vea <laughs> in the middle of that defensive line no. who was throwing many people out of the club last night. <laughs> he was bouncing <laughs> last night. And the velvet ropes were Raymond James Stadium. <laughs> that is a grown-ass man. Yes, sir. And the reason why, you know, I don't know if Cowboys fans should come up. The reason why Cowboys fans should ease up on no offensive pass interference despite seeing the extension of the hands is that came on a third and 16 that really should have been third and 26 because Veo was held. Veo was, uh, when I'm talking about the third and 16 that was uh, for the Cowboys that they used to get Zerline to kicked the go-ahead field goal. Should have been third and 26 because Vea was held on that play too. I didn't see that. Oh, yes, he was. You could say he was held on every damn play. And he was incredible. Stopping the run on the way to the quarterback and blowing it all up. And the fact that Prescott still had 403 yards against those people is another reason why the Cowboys should feel good. That guy is amazing. And then they had the... Gall to put him in fullback. <laughs> the audacity. <laughs> I mean, to basically say to the Cowboys, yeah, you 
You can't handle him. <laughs> You're seeing enough of him on defense. The bowling ball of butcher knives like Warren Sapp called himself and calls anybody at the center of a defensive line who anchors it and changes the game. They put him in at fullback and ran Fournette behind him. <laughs> and you could see Fournette. It wasn't like it, there wasn't any anything exotic about that play call. <laughs> no. It's just like, follow that guy. I'll just run into his butt and not get knocked out by it. So... Two quarterbacks and a grown-ass man. That's what I take away from last night. I have a handful of other takeaways from last night that I want to get to on this show, and I will, because we have two hours and 45 minutes left. Yeah, we do. And this is the way, if you're new to these parts because you're just new to Peacock or you're new to this Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate or you're new to Sirius XM Channel 211 or you're new to our podcast or you're somehow new to us through Odyssey, this is the way we roll on Fridays after Thursday Night Football. And this is the way we roll every single day during the football season. We give you the best voices we possibly can. I'll give you my takes reasoned, nuanced, not hot. Well, the exception of once a week. I have one hot take (laughs) once a week in my four-down segment every Tuesday. But this is the way we roll. And our guests today are uh, Mark Andrews of the Baltimore Ravens, who had a dreadful practice yesterday. As soon as we were done, we heard... Back-to-back plays, it seems, in practice towards the end yesterday. Gus Edwards, who's the starting quarterback there because J.K. Dobbins already blew out his knee. He blew out his knee. It was his uh, running back. Running back. Pardon, what did I say? My bad. J.K. Dobbins' running back Mm. blew out his knee. Gus Edwards, who's the starting running back because of that, he blows out his knee. And then Marcus Peters' defensive back blows out his knee later on. What is that like to be in a practice like that? We'll ask Mark Andrews, who just got a new big fat contract from the Ravens. And he's taking on the Raiders on Monday Night Football, which I'll be doing the pregame show for and halftime show for Westwood One. And in advance of that, my buddy Mike Mayock, the general manager of the Las Vegas Raiders, will be joining us. Last time he was on, we informed him about the new nightclub setup that's in the new stadium (laughs) with fans. I'm wondering if he's gotten a little bit more up to speed on that. We might ask about his roster. Are you going to pitch Del Tufo the DJ? No, he's not here. Too bad. You, you snooze, you lose, despite our longstanding relationship. Well, Mike was a third-round pick, so Mayak would just cut him anyway. Oh, that's so harsh. <laughs> Is that too, I think it's too, a team effort there, Christopher. No, it's not too soon. too soon. I think it's a little bit unnuanced. Yeah. Plus, you know Del Tufo would uh, take I, umbridge to you calling him a third-round pick. That's, that's true. That's true. And, and, and first round was right. And so, uh, long story short... <laughs> Um, we've got those two gents on today. Uh, also, Jerry O'Connell will join okay. us in hour number three for a little bit of intermezzo, a little bit of fun. Uh, Brockman, you've got your sneaky good games. Let's go. Where you tell people how they can place their hard-earned American dollars and make more of it based on certain things that I have no idea what you're talking about. Yes, you absolutely know. I also about. have two <laughs> sleeper teams for you, one in the AFC, one in the NFC. Uh, T.J. Jefferson's big-ass grab bag. (laughs) You've got five items inside that grab bag. We have no idea what that is. No idea. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, But coming up next, the one, the only Dan Patrick. I was on his show earlier. He completes the home-and-home. We'll ask DP what he thought of last night's game. He has an interesting Super Bowl selection prediction. We'll ask him about that when we come back. 
Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit gametime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com Eisen. Last time you gave out the trophy, uh, looked like you were giving it to Seattle, and then New oh. England showed up on the podium. And you saw, just when you thought it can't get any better than that, then came last year's comeback and first overtime game. But when you think of being on the sidelines, so I'm I'm behind the goalpost as Seattle sends the play in, mm-hmm. and as I watch this unfold in slow motion, I I think there's a run pass option with Russell Wilson. That's what I think is going to happen, and. I see him get ready to throw, and I went, oh, my God, he can't. Th- oh, my God, he he just, he, they just lost the Super Bowl. So I'm watching this. Then the other time was when the Giants played the Patriots, and Eli has the pass to Manningham. Manningham is right in front of me as I'm on the sidelines because I'm getting, as soon as the game's over, I'm on the field, on the podium. I mean, it happens fast. The other one was the Cardinals take the lead on the Steelers. I'm on the sidelines with Damn. Steve Young. And all of a sudden, Steve is doing play-by-play with Roethlisberger. So I got a Hall of Fame quarterback who's analyzing Roethlisberger, saying it's, it, you don't realize how brilliant this was. You have the touchdown pass. I go to the podium. I don't even know. Like, I'm thinking I got, you know, Bidwell I got to interview yeah. and Kurt Warner and Larry Fitzgerald. And next thing I know, I'm on the podium. I don't know who the MVP is of that Super Bowl with the Steelers and the Cardinals. I'm yelling down to anybody there people are all who's the mvp (laughs) and nobody's talking to me i got roethlisberger here who i think he thinks is the mvp oh my and i got the commissioner here joe namath is getting ready to bring the trophy and i have no idea who the mvp is so i'm yelling anybody who's the mvp (laughs) right santonio home thank you
Because I, I wanted it. I think Ben thought he was going to be the MVP, and I didn't want it to be have? awkward Why where I go. Um, and it should have been Ben. Yeah, I mean, it should have been Ben. <laughs> he was making you know, all those throws. It was an unbelievable catch. That two minute drill with Ben is underrated. How great that was. But the the chaos that goes on after the game, and then it's over, and then you walk off the field. And I've never felt prouder than the first time I ever did it when I was in Tampa. Because I didn't tell my brothers or sisters. Nobody in my family knew I was handing out the trophy. Damn. And I walked off, and I remember checking my phone, and my brothers and sisters were like, awesome. 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 Perfect word to describe, Dan Patrick. We're here on Peacock, getting ready to be rejoined by our radio audience. And uh, we followed Dan Patrick's show on audience for years and thrilled to follow his show on Peacock and are so closely associated with his show. We frequently get calls on Mondays of people wanting to give us their best and worst of the weekend. And it's just like, <laughs> no, you know, we appreciate it, but that's... We used to get right heights and in the pew. beginning, too. That's right, yeah. we got heights and weights yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, <laughs> simulcast together. We follow his show every single day on uh, Peacock, on NBC Sports on Peacock, completing the home and home. I was on his show earlier today, now here on the Rich Eisen Show, Dan Patrick. How are you, DP? Good afternoon, Rich. Good afternoon to you, sir. Um, all right, you, you asked for my take on the Thursday night opener. Now uh, let's... Uh, Let's reverse course here. What's your What was your takeaway from the Thursday night opener, Dan? I went into the game thinking Dallas could win the game. Not keep it close. I thought they could truly win the game. I don't know why I thought that, because if I listened to every analyst, I would have thought that it would have been a double-digit blowout. Dallas, to me, was the better team last night. They didn't take advantage of the opportunities. And I know that comes with the, being a better team. You do take advantage. But, you know, you had Tampa. You know, Tampa had turnovers, had penalties, and you had them. You've missed a couple of field goals, missed an extra point. And, um, I mean, that's why Tom Brady is who he is, that he doesn't let these opportunities kind of flitter away. And Dallas is, you know, hopefully going to learn from this. I, You know, we know what Tampa's all about. Uh, we're not quite sure what Dallas is all about, certainly on the other side of the ball. But if I'm a Cowboys fan, I feel pretty good today that, we went toe-to-toe, at least offensively, with the Buccaneers, and that, that's a really good defense they have. And then any questions that you had about Dak's leg or his worthiness of the big, fat contract, you can check those boxes, yes. I mean, you've got no problems now. I mean, that was terrific. What a great way for him to come out of the box. But I don't night. want him throwing nearly 60 times a game. Right. Um, I th- like, that concerns me. You have a surgically repaired ankle, and you have a shoulder that may be – you know, that condition may be there all season long, and he's throwing that many times. Unless you're going to use uh, Ezekiel Elliott as sort of that, his safety valve, that, you know, part of our offense is like the Patriots would use their running backs to catch little, you know, uh, dump patterns out to the right or the left. Maybe they do that with Zeke if they're not going to use him as a, uh, a true running back. But, you know, I. I was kind of surprised with the the game plan there, but it was enough to keep them in the game and, and maybe even win that game. Well, I think the front center of seven of, of Tampa dictated in a way to Kellen Moore or they just decided, yeah, that's just not working in the first quarter. Screw it. You know, let's see. Let's just turn Dak loose and and go after the, the tender part of the defense in the back end. But you're right. At some point, that, that they're going to have to just dedicate themselves. Zeke's getting 20 touches no matter what. Period. Yeah. End of story. 
you know? Well, I would never have re-signed him. I, I just don't believe in giving my running back a, a second contract. I just, I don't want to really? do it. I mean, no, 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 not at all. Now I understand, you know, Christian McCaffrey is unique and uh, you know, he's the, uh, the face of the franchise there, but you know, Saquon Barkley giants going to have a you know, real question here to, I think you can find running backs unless you're Baltimore, you know, <laughs> right. they're, they're going through the Rolodex here, but I just we have so many stories of running backs where you go, where did he come from? I don't remember him in college. There's probably no other position, skill position, where you say that. Now you might say wide receiver, uh, but you'd never say it about quarterback. Um, but when it comes to a running back, you're like, oh yeah, that guy was at Memphis, and you're like, all right, and you know he's he's giving you quality touches there. So no, I don't I don't want to unless you are the Titans and and Derrick Henry. And I and but once again, are you going to be able to count on him for fifteen, sixteen, seventeen hundred yards? And that's why I think bringing in Julio Jones that helps maybe lessen the load on Derrick Henry. And then when you get to the playoffs, you're going to win. You can run the football and play good defense. Uh, but no, I I would never have re-signed Zeke Elliott. Running backs being fungible. That sounds like a very Belichickian way of going. Are you like the Bill? You have you're like Bill. Is it, are you like Bill right here? I know you tell Fritz to do your job quite a lot, but I mean, it yeah. sounds like that's a very Belichickian way of building a team, Dan. Well, right there, uh, Rich. I think the uh, the results uh, stand out. So. Well done. Dan Patrick, everybody here. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. Very good. Um, So your Super Bowl prediction is, once again, neither of the teams from last night, correct? Kansas City and Green Bay. And believe it or not, Mm -hmm. I had to talk myself out of taking the Titans. Okay. I don't don't know why I kept – I was like, they won't leave me. I can't quit the Titans for some reason. And I, I have no affiliation with them. Uh, you know, I, I like Mike Vrabel. You got two good wide receivers. They were one of the highest scoring offenses. Tannehill was underrated. You got Derrick Henry. They, you know, they went toe to toe with the Chiefs two years ago. Um, you know, Bud Dupree, Caleb Farley, defense a little better. You're playing in the AFC South. I don't know. I couldn't. Right. I couldn't shake them. I just couldn't. And I thought I was going to take the Rams and the Titans. Yes. And then I thought, well, the Rams are going to be in a division where everybody's going to beat up on one another. And it might be just a battle of attrition there. And I I, I looked at Green Bay with that division. Minnesota probably will be a mess. Uh, Detroit's not good. Chicago could be interesting, but probably not good. Mm -hmm. And you might be able to pick off some wins there. You know, the Chiefs will have a little tougher run in that division. I I, I think the Broncos are, are better than advertised. I don't know about the Raiders. And then you have the Chargers, who uh, I think are a playoff-caliber team. I agree. And uh, that was incredibly impressive, Dan, and I'm addressing my guys here in the studio. Take notes, as I have been around Dan for a long time. That was a man who just gave you a Super Bowl prediction, but has in his back pocket, right. I uh-huh. thought of the Titans and the sure. Rams. Sure. Like you, just, you now are on four mm-hmm. teams yep. while also giving a Super Bowl prediction. That's next-level broadcasting, Dan. <laughs> I, I'm, you know... And I also I'm thought impressed. about the Browns. That's a large... Can't rule out Tom Brady, you know, the Buccaneers. <laughs> <laughs> Keep beating. 
Because you could say, like, I should have listened to myself because I I knew about the Titans. I should have listened to me. I I said the Rams. I should have gone. But if it's Chiefs Packers, you had it all along. Then I could say, thank God I didn't listen to myself. Right. And if those are the teams that they play, like, that's what you want. You want those teams in the championship games that the Chiefs and the Packers beat. Because then you're now covered the entire Ooh. chessboard, Dan. Ooh, That's man. what you're, you're set yourself up for yep. success. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> very, very well done. Uh, exactly. I think that's terrific. Um, exactly. So what did you make of Cam Newton's comments uh, in an interview with his dad um, that, that he would have uh, happily been the backup in New England, but uh, New England feared that he would uh, be a distracting presence to Mac Jones looking over his shoulder, essentially. What would you make of those comments, Dan? Now, he might be the ultimate team player. He's really beloved and respected in that locker room by all accounts. But here's the issue. When Mac Jones throws an interception, what is the reaction shot they're going to show if you're the director? Right. Cam Newton. Let's say he has a bad game. (laughs) Bill goes to the press conference. Coach, given a thought to uh, having Cam Newton. No, Mac Jones is my starter. Every time that happens, let's say he has a couple of bad games together, and then all of a sudden you're going to have Cam and should Cam play? Cam Cam is, is a distraction, but it, it's because he's got a big personality, and we know that he's not the kind of guy who's just going to stand there on the sidelines and go, you know what, I'm good. If this is my career as a backup quarterback, I just I can't see that. Like Cam, it strikes me as I would rather not play – and, and actually be out of uniform than to be in uniform and not play. So he's right, and Belichick saw that coming, and he's just telling the truth right yeah, now. Yeah, I think so. Right Now, he, he says that Mac Jones didn't beat him out. Mm. Um, I think to the contrary. I, think, I, don't, I don't think Cam realized what was going on. It's like when a guy – I remember going out on a date one time. Okay. Mm. Many, many years ago. <laughs> yes, Dan. A couple of decades. Story time. Many decades ago. Yes, sir. And I was meeting a girl for the first time. Mm-hmm. And a friend showed up. And next thing I know, my friend is dating the girl that I went out on the table. <laughs> and to make it even worse, they're making out at the table mm. while I'm there. Mm. I think that's sort of what happened. Well, not literally, but yeah, that's sure. sort of what happened with Mac Jones. They were macking. Mac and, uh, and Bill Belichick were like, I love you. Uh, I love you, too. Mm-hmm. Well, what do we do about him? That's okay. He won't be around. And next thing you know, it's like, uh, I'm going to get rid of Cam. So I was more surprised that they cut him, not that Mac Jones won the job. How about you? Well, when that first happened, I thought uh, the story had to have been, certainly because Belichick earlier in the day, said uh, in the in a press conference that Cam was moving in the right direction. And I, I guess that meant the door, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so I thought putting it all together, Cam had said, you know, hey, look, this is just not for me here, which is a totally understandable approach. Like, I, I I'm, don't want to be a backup. I'm in my early 30s. I'm just six years removed from being a most valuable player in this league. I understand, you know, you wanting to go with your rookie. Um, you know, that's just not for me. And I thought, like, they, they were like, go find another job. Let's not hold you back. I honestly thought that was it. But, boy, was I way off based on what Cam is saying. 
Yeah, but when you say six years removed from an MVP, it seems like a long six years removed from being the MVP. And while I'm fascinated by him, I just, in today's NFL, unless you're Lamar Jackson, I I just can't have my quarterback be out there and be a little erratic, and his best weapons are his legs. And uh, I, I, I just, I think that offensive philosophy doesn't work with Bill. Bill has so many running backs in New England. He doesn't need his quarterback to be a running back. And I think Mac Jones, they already had this system for 20 years. All they do is go, oh, let's just plug and play and let's run what we ran before. Rely on the running backs for little passes out of the backfield. Rely on your tight ends. Occasionally take a uh, you know deep throw down the field. You know, just uh, go, you know, Tom Brady uh, 2.0. Dan Patrick here on the Rich Eisen Show. Who are your sleeper teams, one in each conference? If you had to choose a sleeper team, one in the AFC, one in the NFC, who would they be? Well, the Titans are a sleeper team. Uh No, Dan, this is my way of giving you two more opportunities. Oh, And you can even then say they were my sleeper team and they made Mm. the Super Bowl. This is me just trying to widen out the splash zone area for you. You know what? I've already widened the net. I've taken liberties with this, and I don't want to make a total mockery of this. So (laughs) I've already... (laughs) Are you saying you have pride on this subject matter, yes. Dan? Yes. 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 The Titans and the Rams are my sleeper, sleeper teams. teams. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, they're teams that you have to – the Chargers are, are one of my sleeper teams. I'm going to say it later on. I'm kind of revealing it right here. See, I've here. gone I all like in on the Chargers before. I, I like them, Dan. I, I, I mean, let me, let me tell you. It's, I, I had to go into a 12-step recovery program with them because <laughs> – Every year it felt like they had the most talent, mm-hmm. but there was always injuries, and they found ways to lose games. And as much as I love their head coach, I do. and their quarterback is talented, yes. and you've got a couple of very good defensive players, uh, some sneaky offensive players, I, I've learned my lesson. I, as much as I, I like them to make the playoffs, mm. I just can't go all in on, boy, this is a sleeper team. So then who's your MVP prediction? For this year. I said Mahomes just because I, I I think we we expect so much now. Josh Allen was oh my god, he's 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 up there for the MVP. Right. Then when you're supposed to win the MVP, you don't. It's really hard to go. I'm going to live up to the expectations. And I could make a case that Josh Allen was as valuable to Buffalo as Aaron Rodgers was to Green Bay last year. Right. Because. Josh Allen did everything. He had Stephon Diggs, but I didn't think they had a great offensive line. I didn't think they had, you know, their running game wasn't great. I just think there's so much hype and pressure on him, and it's really hard to live up to those expectations. I don't think Rodgers could put up something that would be an encore performance where the voters would go, and we're going to give him back-to-back MVPs. Mm -hmm. I I think Mahomes sort of goes, hey, guys, remember me? And, you know, puts up 55 touchdown passes this year, and um, he's going to be the MVP. It's very rare that somebody's in their, what, uh, fourth or fifth year, and we're already saying, yeah, it's already assumed he's the best. Let's give it to somebody else. Like, you know, where they'll never – like, Belichick could be set up for a coach of the year type campaign. Rookie quarterback, right? Yeah. And totally changing the roster. And – if they win the division, would anybody name Bill Belichick coach of the year? Like, never. 
that will never happen because, you know, he's already considered the modern-day Lombardi. I think we view Mahomes like that. He is my MVP choice as well. I think he's going to light it up, and he could even threaten, you know, 60. It's entirely possible for him to throw well, with an extra game. I don't, Phil Jackson may have won Coach of the Year once or twice. Right. Uh, Chuck Noll, I don't think, ever won Coach of the Year in the NFL. We, we don't honor those who have talent or are supposed to win – but it's really hard to win when you're expected to win. We love the story that comes out of nowhere where you go, wow, he did a great job with that team. Even at 7-9 and nine last year, I thought Belichick did an unbelievable job. You know, he, he got guys who opted out, and you had Cam who couldn't throw, and he somehow, I mean, they were really close to making the playoffs. And, you know, it, I know that people don't want to hear that well, Belichick did a great job and they went 7-9, and nine, but in my mind, it truly did a great job last year. DP, appreciate the time. Really, uh, always cherish it. Thank you, brother. By the way, when you were on the air last night, mm-hmm. I was talking to your wife. She did. <laughs> no, it, I just want to let you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's not related to the story previously that you told, um, but no, uh, it... it I heard that story. What were you? Uh, what were you talking about, Dan? <laughs> well, I, I'm going to leave it up to your wife if she wants to tell you. But I, I just, as a friend, I wanted to let you know. I didn't want to let you know when you were on the air. But I had. I wanted to let you know. <laughs> she did that say that to. She did say that to me when I called after wow. I went off the air. She goes, "Yeah, I just got off the phone with Dan." I'm like, "Oh, great! All right, tell yeah. things, Susie." Oh, great. Oh, great. And, and I don't even know how long we uh, spoke for. Uh, let me see. Let me, let me look at it here. Uh, 17 minutes. We spoke for 17 minutes. Well, she's an oh. excellent conversationalist, Dan. And, and you know who's calling me right now? <laughs> no, 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 hold on. Susie's mom. Is, oh, is that right? Right now. Yes, so this must right have now, something to right do. Right this minute, it just came up. Susie's mom. And uh, so your wife's mom. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I thought we had we had a nice conversation yes. last night. Yep. Next, yep. You know. Yep. Your her mom is calling. Okay. Say hi to her mother for me. Okay, Dan. <laughs> so you don't have to. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Tell her I said hello. Oh, okay. I, I okay. appreciate right. it, Dan. You're, okay. You, you bring right. families together. Dan Patrick, bringing Yay. families together. <laughs> bringing families together, Dan Patrick. Yeah. And, and then I got another Super Bowl pick. <laughs> <laughs> it's my mother-in-law versus the Chiefs. Very good. Bye, guys. Take Bye. care. Dan Patrick, Dan Patrick everybody. <laughs> we go way back. <laughs> Dan Patrick at my wedding. It was a star I heard. There's a star. At my wedding, because, you know, it was one of those where we took photographs, Susie and I, together because we didn't see each other before the wedding. Mm, you right. know, bad luck. And plus we were separate. Tradition. Hotels, getting right. prepared and whatever and all that stuff. So we took photographs during the cocktail hour, which, to be honest with you, we would have, in hindsight, we would have changed because <laughs> it was lit right. in the cocktail hour. Right. Because Dan got upset with the speed with which the bartender was serving Mm -hmm. people. And he got behind the bar and took a bottle of Jägermeister and doled it out to others. Dan bartended at my (laughs) wedding for a while. Much like Jim Kelly at the Hall of Fame. We yes, that's year. right. One year, <laughs> yeah. he was upset about how slow it was, it was going. It was and, one person. And, and he got back there, but he wasn't. He, here's the difference. 
as well. And I don't know if this was Dan's, the way that I heard it, it was born out of Dan just saying, let's get let's people moving, moving right? Moving. Yeah. I think Jim Kelly felt for the server. Yes. Right? Because there were too many Hall of Famers descending upon this poor... There was one person right. back there. Who, and, and on an ordinary Thursday night in Canton, Ohio, there'd be five people there sucking on one chicken wing, right? right? <laughs> but at this night, there was half the Hall of Fame. And by half the Hall of Fame, I'm not saying fans. I'm talking about the bust room. Yeah, the Hall of they Famers. They were all staying there. Yes, yes. And Jim was like feeling for the young lady behind the bar. I gotcha. Hey, I'll help you out. And of course, Jim... Uh, he served us. Because, you know, by the way, if John Randall wants a drink, that can be a little intimidating. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. I, mean, I know from firsthand from being at that Hall Dude, of Fame. Dude, the stork was still intimidating. You know, like yeah. they were all there. I think Dave Casper was just like, come on. Hey. <laughs> when Jonathan Ogden says, vodka. Largest human being of all time. Of all Remember that picture the three of us have with Jonathan Ogden oh at Ed Reed's party? Yeah, we look like Lilliputians. Yeah. And I'm 6'3", like, and I look like I was 5'6". And then go on our way. When, I, uh, when we come back, I'll put a little bit more meat on the bones of my sleeper teams. One in the AFC, one in the NFC. And then Mike Mayock of the Raiders front office. And then Mark Andrews will tell us what happened at Ravens practice yesterday. Coming up. Battle Creek, Michigan, 1963. Kellogg's and Post, sworn cereal rivals, race to create a pastry that will change the face of breakfast forever. A wildly imaginative tale of ambition, betrayal, and menacing milkmen, sweetened with artificial ingredients. Unfrosted stars Jerry Seinfeld in his directorial film debut. It features a supporting cast of comedy greats, including Melissa McCarthy, Jim Gaffigan, Hugh Grant, Amy Schumer, Max Greenfield, Christian Slater, Sarah Cooper, Bill Burr, and many more. Streaming right now on Netflix. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Dad's a Jet fan. Yes, I mean, such a Jets fan uh, that he has a Jets tattoo right here. Oh, my gosh. When did he get that ink? Uh, was it was he inspired by Richard Todd's play in the 70s? Or, or, or was it Ray Lucas in the um, 90s that caused your dad to get that ink? Who, what, what was it? Do you so know the story the big here? thing about my dad and being a Jets fan, and I was once a Jets fan, um, <sighs> now definitely a Giants fan. Um, 1969. <laughs> you're, you're so I'm close. sorry, I grew you're up so a Jets close. fan. And, um, <laughs> go on. Yeah, Just 1969, <laughs> the first AFC team on the Super Bowl, the year my dad was born. Born in New York, um, growing up, everyone loved the Giants probably a little bit more. Uh, so he kind of just went the other way, being a Giants fan, um, and kind of passed it on to me. Uh, so I grew up being a fan of Curtis Martin, Thomas Jones, uh, Chad Pennington, uh, the Mark Sanchez era uh, with Rex Ryan and those guys. Um, so I think he kind of got it probably maybe like when the Mark Sanchez era was going. I don't think he did it because of that. Sure. Um, he always had a passion. He always wanted to do it. And one day he just made up his mind. He said he's going to. Put a Jets tattoo right here. I don't know what I'm freaking out about more. The fact that you could be a Jet, you were living and dying with the Jets while I was living and dying with the Jets, or that your dad and I were born in the same year and you could be my son. <laughs> <laughs>
and I've got a 10, almost eight and a five at home. And uh, this is not about me. It's about you, Saquon. But um, so was your dad disappointed that the Jets didn't take you? No, um, my dad was happy that, you know, he see his son living in his Or didn't get a chance to take you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he was happy just like I was saying, his son, he's him and my mother. Uh, very fortunate to have both parents in my life. Um, you know, I've always went to them and told them what I want to do and what I'm passionate about. And they always give me great advice um, and uh, try to show me the way of what I got to do to get to my dream and live out my dream. So uh, when I got my name called, my it could have been the Patriots. It could have been whoever. And my dad and parents are going to be happy for. Obviously, my dad probably would like me to be going to the Jets. But uh, being close to home, uh, being in New York, um, you know, I can't ask for nothing better. Yeah. And, um, you know, for me to say this, you know, that it was. I, I, you know, I'm disappointed you weren't a Jet. Also, would could be construed that I'm not happy that Sam Darnold was the one who was taken by the Jets, and obviously he's very good. Mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering how you respond to this, but I'll ask it anyway. I can kind of figure it out, but I'll ask it anyway. You heard the conversation throughout the season that Giants fans should have taken Eli's replacement. How do you respond to something like that? Um, I'm my, the way I was raised. My parents said there's people that's always gonna have something good to say about you, and there's people that's always gonna have something bad to say about you. So, um, I don't really get bothered by that comment. Um, my mindset is that uh, it is what it is, and the Giants took me. Um, I have my own expectations and my own standards, and uh, I'm gonna come in there every single day, ready to work, and try to lead my team to the championship. Good old Saquon. 844-204-RICH. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, um, here are my sleeper teams for the 2021 season. One in the AFC, one in the NFC. Um, Can you give me some NFL Films music, Mr. Feller, just in case I need that extra oomph? I always love this stuff, man. In the AFC, it's it's the Los Angeles Chargers. I think they're going to have a big season. I think they're set up. I think year two is Justin Herbert taking a step forward. I think Keenan Allen is going to go and ascend even to a greater height with him. He's like the last guy you mentioned is an elite receiver in the NFL. And I think he's had enough of that. And I think the defense has some big-time players on it. Derwin James, can you please stay healthy? Look both ways before crossing the street. Let's bubble wrap him. Let's put plexiglass around him, too. Let's just, whatever Kirk Cousins has in his mind about protecting him, about himself, it's just in, just no broken bones, no nothing, Derwin. Just seeing him for all 17 games balling out could be a total difference maker, certainly with Bosa up front. Let's go. And then Brandon Staley has got a whole different sensibility than that has been brought to bear there, and I think they are buying what he has been selling the minute he showed up and I think the Chargers are going to have a big-time season. If Eckler can stay healthy, too, later on, I may, you might uh, give us a little bit of an update yeah, on some of the injuries, sure. too, Chris. Sure. So uh, let's let's go, Chargers. And nobody's – they're overlooked even in this city. And let's see what the Chargers can do. Bolt up, as they say here. I th- I'm expecting big things out of them. And then my, uh, my NFC team, I've been going back and forth. I'll just do a little Dan Patrick. I'll give you the one that I was thinking of just in case that they are actually a sleeper team. I could say, ah, I should have listened to them. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the Panthers keep speaking to me. You know, Matt Rule in year that, two man. where he's been, that's, that's always been his special sauce. Yep. And uh, I, they speak to me. Uh, I, I, I think they're going to have a bigger season than, than not. But my sleeper team, the one that I think is going to come out and surprise a ton of people, are the New York football giants. 
Laugh all you want, Oof, bro. Really? <laughs> Laugh all you want. I know the line has got people laughing, and Daniel Jones has people laughing, and everybody's laughing at the Giants. The defense is no joke. Defense is good. Defense is really good. And if Garrett, who I know makes you laugh too over there, TJ, and if he can... I like him. It, I, like I, him. I know. I, I, everybody likes him. He's a likable guy. It's just, you know, the lack of production that happens and the clapping doesn't usually lead to points. It's on Daniel Jones's shoulders and the line to try and block for him. Saquon's healthy and does Saquon things. Nobody's laughing. Nobody's laughing. Saquon Barkley has the ability to be the most electric player in the division. How about them apples? Such a big if. It's, I know that. I know. But he has that within his body. Yeah, he does. And I know that the first game last year, he looked terrible against the Steelers. They shut him right down on that first Monday night, and that led to the injury, and everybody forgets who Saquon Barkley can be. A difference maker. A lot of ifs. If is doing a very heavy lift, but you can't spell lift without if. Ayo. And I think the Giants are going to have a season, and Joe Judge could even get Coach of the Year conversation. <clears throat> That's he can my coach. They can coach. He can and coach. They, uh, okay. So it's on that line to just grow up and man up and protect that quarterback. And Daniel Jones, it's your time. You want that next contract? Let's go. This is it. Giants, Chargers, my sleeper teams for 2021. With like a Panthers on the side. The Panthers on the side. A little sprinkling of Panthers. <laughs> so, Rich, when 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 you say sleeper team for the Giants, do you mean playing as though playing. they've been asleep? Nice. Nice. Is nice. That Cowboys fans feeling it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this edition of Cowboys fans feeling it, I give the floor to TJ Jefferson. That was just, I'm just. Feeling wondering. it after a loss, too, which is like a special yeah. type of feeling it. Right. Hey, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to talk it whether we win or lose, so. Let's. Okay. You can take. I just gotta down. say, I, I hope you're wrong on that. Obviously, Rich, because that would mean bad things for my team. There you go. That you know. Uh, Alan Dallas, what do you think of my sleeper team, Al? What do you think? Did you do that just for me, Richard? You I know mean, what? You, just, you saw I was on the line. I was nope. all ex- excited to talk giant football. Now you're like, it's true I though. <laughs> I, I mean, I gave a lot of uh, you know rose-colored glasses, half glass, full type stuff. What ifs? What ifs? What if? But this is it, bro. Yeah. This could be it. I mean, yeah. seriously. And um, I, I, I think they could be a sleeper team and win that division. It's the offensive line. You know, it's, it's, it. it's all about the offensive line. No I mean, question. I agree with you. The defense is good. You know, they avoid injuries. You know, um, the, the offensive line, the, it's all about the offensive line because it's an offensive league. If you've watched that game yesterday, I wouldn't have mistaken any of those defenses for the 85 Bears. Uh, shout out to Adam, the call screener, by the way. Well done. Well done. Um, so I, uh, you know, I just I didn't, you know, it's it's all about the offense in this league. And uh, and Richard, I'd be remiss, obviously, yes, sir. with uh, tomorrow, you know, being uh, the twentieth anniversary of that hard day that uh, affected all of our lives, mm-hmm. especially guys like you and I in our fifties, sixties, lived in New York and the New York area. And from there, uh, it's a somber, it's a somber day. It's a somber, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a it's a sad day. And I hope we don't uh, lose. Uh, any reflection on that day. I appreciate you saying that, Al. Thanks for calling in. You take Thanks. care of yourself, you and your family. That's Alan Dallas. Thank you too. Alan Dallas right here on the Rich Eisen Show. He used to be Alan Houston. And when we first came on the air and yeah, I heard that voice, I'm like, I grew up with a guy like this guy. And we thought Alan Houston was calling. And we thought yeah. Alan Houston was calling. <laughs> the former guy. I'm like saying, you stole all that money from Dolan. Good on you. <laughs> 
Mike Mayock coming up from the Raiders front office with Mark Andrews of the Ravens right behind him. Um, I also want to call everyone's attention tonight on NFL Network to uh, NFL 360 um, at 9 Eastern time tonight, a one-hour program on um, the remembrance of 9-11, 20 years ago tomorrow, the worst day, the worst day imaginable. And tonight's 360 is about um, the NFL world reacting to it. There's a great piece <clears throat> on Jim Fossil, who just recently passed away. And when he passed away, when I spoke about him here, it was his Giants team in 9-11 that so many people in New York looked towards. And Joe Torre was on Dan Patrick's show earlier today. Everyone looked towards the Yankees and Bobby Valentine and the Mets and obviously Herm Edwards and the Jets. And um, it was sports that got so many people back to normal. I wrote a piece, uh, an essay, that is going to be airing tonight. And I'll just give you a quick synopsis right here for it. Just all the people who perished on that day in 9-11. The official count is just shy of 3,000. Of all the people that perished that day, what they would have done for even a single second of extra time and all of us that have had 20 years of time, what have we done with it? And the conversation that we had 20 years ago about being attacked for our way of life. What is the American way of life? And how do we handle our business and ourselves with each other? Do we do it for each other anymore? Not enough. And what we need to do with our time and certainly the number of people that die every day due to this pandemic and COVID dwarfs the number of people that died 20 years ago tomorrow in one flash of time and lives that have been affected and families that have been broken and friends that have been taken from us and all those people wishing they had more time and knowing they were out of time calling people to say goodbye 20 years ago tomorrow. What would they Think of what we've done with our time and what our American way of life is now. Food for thought for everyone. That's essentially the piece that you're going to see from me tonight on NFL Network. Back with our number two, Mike Mayock and Mark Andrews of the Raiders and Ravens, respectively. <laughs> 